This is too important for us to just leave as, um, as a design study, as a piece of academic research. I think if we're going to make an impact on both um, circular and sustainable uh, economies, um, then we need to think about circular design in terms of driving impact. Welcome to the Circular Economy podcast by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Welcome to the Circular Economy Show podcast from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, where we develop and promote the idea of a circular economy, engage key actors to make it happen, and mobilise system solutions at scale. To achieve a fully circular economy, we need to think about the way we make and use products, services and systems. A circular economy will eliminate waste and pollution, keep products and materials in use, and regenerate natural systems, all driven by design. That means we need designers. In this episode of the Circular Economy Show podcast, we'll be discussing circular design, what it is, and the people leading the way. I'm Pippa Shorley, part of the team here at the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, and I'll be your host for this episode. I'm joined by my colleague Simon Widmer, our design network and creative lead. Hi, Simon. Hi, Pippa. Great to be here. Nice to have you here today. Can you start off by telling us what circular design is? Yes. So in a nutshell, circular design is about applying the circular economy principles, which we are familiar with, in the design stage of anything that we create. So it's really about zooming in on, on the user needs, which I think is, is core to design and design thinking, uh, but then also having a systems perspective. So really understanding how whatever we create, which can be a product or can be a service or it can be more systemic, uh, how that fits into the broader surroundings or ecosystems. And why is that design part so important to the circular economy? Well, there's a few ways to look at it, but like I, I always like to just look around me. And as we, as we here in the studio look around us, all of these things that we see here, they have all been designed. They have all been conceived. And really important decisions are being made in that stage. So, you know, we make decisions about the materials we have. We make decisions about the business models. Like, do we sell something? Do we, you know, just uh, rent it? Mm -hmm. Is it a service? We make decisions that influence and impact the whole supply chain, like the sourcing that affect how things are produced, but also what is possible after use. Like, you know, these uh, beautiful windows, you know, what is possible with them afterwards, with this chair or with the laptop? Can it be disassembled? Can it be repurposed and can it can it become something else afterwards i really like this idea of flows like what can things around us become mm -hmm. afterwards um they come from somewhere they go somewhere how can we take the parts or elements and give them something give them like a new life and a new value so it's about more than creating just a cool product that works nicely it's thinking about kind of how it's going to be used and what's going to happen to it once that initial use has ended or just how you can keep it in in use. Yes, absolutely. So it's really about the use, of course. Like, how can we design things for longer use so that they're loved more by the user, that they provide more value, and that they not just like in a physical sense are durable, but also in an emotional sense, like that we can really make the most of them while they're in use. But then also, yes, ask like, you know, what happens afterwards? And and important to know is it's not just about products, right? It's like really much broader. It's like, how do we design the whole system around it as well? So that's uh, that's really important to keep in mind. And maybe a bit on a more philosophical uh, level, I just enjoy the, the power of circular design that it's, you know, it, it helps us challenge 
what we provide yeah. to the to the people in the first place. Sometimes we don't even need the material. We don't even need a product. So really understanding the needs behind what we design for and then being really creative in how we, you know, how we provide for that. And often that leads us down to very different um, roads and avenues than when we just think like selling more products. So today we're going to hear from a couple of those people working with within Circular Design and they come into our Circular Design Leaders group. So can you tell us a little bit about who the Circular Design Leaders are and why that group exists? Yes, uh, the Circular Design Leaders is a group of um, of leaders that come together with the Circular Economy agenda. And they are uh, typically chief design officers uh, from the network of the Carter Foundation. And they help their teams to really make circular economy happen. So that means how can we uh, empower the teams? How can we give them tools? Uh, but also how can we exchange across different organizations and and share best practices and, and really have a shared voice towards the global design audience. So that's the purpose of the Circular Design Leaders. And uh, the group has been coming together over the last um, one year, approximately. And we found some uh, some great spaces for, for pre-competitive collaboration and, and projects to that really help um, across organizations that um, propel Circular Design forward uh, across the whole network. Great. Well, let's hear from one of those members. Sean Carney is the Chief Design Officer at Philips. He appeared on a recent episode of the Circular Economy show to discuss how Philips is embracing circular design within their business and why. We're becoming increasingly focused on healthcare and health technology. And um, if we look at CO2 emissions, for instance, um, more than 4% of the global CO2 emissions are actually caused by healthcare. That's not something I think a lot of people uh, really think about. So, you know, we really need to be conscious of this as we're trying to drive more access to care and increase efficiencies and effectiveness of the way care is delivered. And, and right now, you know, the world's population is, is overusing resources across the board. So, um, and we're using it at a rate of 1.7 times the resource capacity of the planet. And, you know, every hospital bed is averaging something around 13 kilograms of waste per bed per day. So there's huge opportunities to drive systemic change across the way healthcare is delivered. And that comes back to the role that we can play. And it's a great opportunity for designers to, to step in here and think about not only the, the hardware, the products and the way they're developed, but the way those products fit into, for instance, a care pathway um, alongside software, alongside consumables and the way care is delivered. So thinking more at a system level than uh, particularly just at an at a individual product level. So why is it important to look at systems level rather than just individual products? So we know that the choices we make when we're designing a product um, have an impact. Something like 80% of the product's total environmental impact uh, comes from the decisions which are made during the design phase. So it's really important we understand um, how long will this product be used? What's the energy it's going to be drawing down? But you have to go further than just the material selection. You have to think about, um, you know, how is this product going to be repaired? How is this product going to be upgraded? Can we keep this product in, uh, in life in the hospital for longer um, through designing with a more kind of modular and platform-based approach? So it, it does require 
kind of uh, detailed thinking at the product level, but also to understand the context uh, of use throughout the life of this product as well. For Philips, applying circular economy principles to their business is an opportunity to look at the impact their products can have, as Sean explains. So I think also for a circular economy, circular design, we've really started to think about how do we also create social impact beyond just environmental impact, but social impact, which means we've also got to think about uh, innovating in the world of business models, pursuing you know, that dematerialization, um, stop the focus purely on the hardware and the products, think about digitalization as well, and then maximizing that lifetime value of products um, for the customer throughout the uh, duration of the life of those products. So as an example, in, in Africa, uh, fairly recently, we were partnering in Kenya with the um, uh, Ministry of Health and uh, some local clinical partners to bring portable ultrasound into the hands of uh, midwives and in primary care facilities in often remote uh, locations. Um, what these uh, ultrasound um, devices would do, they're based on your cell phone. So they're using the, uh, the cellular network and they would provide both um, uh, a combination of uh, on the point on point obstetric screening to high risk pregnancies uh, we would provide real time video collaboration with uh, more specialist caregivers um, who can be uh, called up remotely and we then supplement that with other cloud services so for instance artificial intelligence that would allow that uh, midwife to spot problems and issues with that pregnancy at the bedside uh, on in uh, uh, in that remote location now as a concept that was developed around uh, this african use case but actually that's an unlocked a new potential to take that ultra mobile portable ultrasound into developed markets in Western Europe, North America, et cetera, where community midwives or general practitioners now have access to ultrasound on their cell phone. For that kind of innovation to work and make an impact, Sean says it goes beyond the design team to the entire business. If we're going to make an impact on both um, circular and sustainable uh, economies, um, then we need to think about circular design in terms of driving impact. So we need to challenge ourselves as designers, but we can't do it alone. We need to work with um, our engineers, our marketeers. Um, we need to think about the business models because what we want to do is drive change at scale and make it sustainable. Um, so it's not a one-off product uh, anymore. We need to think about how we drive systemic uh, change here. So we need to do things uh, fundamentally different. And I think we need to embed circular design in the long-term strategic roadmaps of our businesses and then also make sure that we're investing in educating the future workforce so they understand uh, the nature of, uh, of circular design as well and the circular economy. Yes, and that really shows the point that this is not just for designers in a narrow sense, or like, you know, people with design in their job titles, but actually it is much more about anyone involved in the design stage. And so it really concerns us all. Like we all make um, important decisions and choices in the design stage or in the creation process of 
of, of things that can be physical products or it can be uh, processes. So that is really important. It, it shows us that we all play a role in the circular economy journey and that we all can contribute to models that are more systemic. This, this point that it's more than just products, but it really is about embedded systems and how our thing, whatever that is, fits into the broader whole. I think that, that is a really important point whenever it comes to the circular economy. And how do people and the users fit into that and, and how they use the products or the services? Yeah, design is inherently about people. It's inherently about user needs. And I think that has always, that's something we can really learn from the professional designers, people who have mastered this craft. Um, so that, that is an inspiration to the broader, you know, population as well. Like we can learn from that, um, from that craft and, and, it's it's quite natural to empathize with the users and understand or or question deeply what actually the need is. What I think is a new skill that we need to develop, especially in the circular economy context, is this systems understanding, systems thinking, and and seeing the connections. And that's really important today in our era because we see that all is getting more interconnected. We see that. Uh, a reductionist worldview doesn't help us. So just focusing on one piece or one product or one use phase doesn't help us. So we all need to practice what we call zooming out, right? Like this systems thinking. Our next guest is someone who also believes in a systemic approach. Anna Sensio, head of design at Dassault Systems. She built her career in the automotive industry, working on some of the world's most recognisable car brands before she moved to Dassault Systems, the company that makes software used by hundreds of thousands of designers and engineers every day. She spoke to our colleague, Joe Isles, about why she believes it's so important for designers to engage with the circular economy. I believe the role of design is clearly to do... uh uh utility things you know things that just serve and improve life of people that's really what we are really aiming to and when you work in big company when you work in company uh, that works in the automotive and mobility industry we know what this uh, industry is currently doing in terms of harm to the uh, to the planet uh, working in a way that you want to be harmful is a very difficult and hard and deep question for a designer and this question raised to me, uh, I had a ha-ha moment, uh, <laughs> I told you that, Joe, uh, when I was one day uh, coming back from work and uh, driving and looking at all of those dealerships and all those cars on parking lots waiting for, for being sales, because as you know, design was first a seductive approach of design where you, you just want to provide uh, this uh, uh, moment of truth, you know, where people just want to buy something. Uh, and we needed to shift this uh, extraordinary power and capability of design towards circular design, circular economy. So as uh, Sean was uh, very clearly expressing it, um, design is not about the product, it's about the system, it's about thinking systematically about the, the full uh, aspect of design and include uh, not just the material extraction or the way we are recycling, but uh, getting into the comprehensive understanding of the full process of design. And that's why I moved to Dassault System, because that's what they do. They are providing innovation uh, uh, to any industry to actually digitalizing their operation, their strategy, their product, their, I will say, value, the way they deliver the value to their customers or to the society at large. So I thought for a designer was a big step, but that was a step that was needed. And I didn't regret it. 
So Anne's talking about the importance of digitalization there. How does that fit into the circular economy, Simon? The role of, of technology and, and, and digitalization, of course, is, is an important one because when you look at a lot of the circular economy challenges, they are uh, challenges that affect multiple organizations that are complex in nature because you have to suddenly consider where your design is traveling, like the the, the, the supply chain, the after-use sector, like, you know, collection, recycling, and so on. So suddenly it's becoming more... Um, difficult to for a human mind to manage. So of course, digital can be really powerful. Uh, it can help us to um, to picture that future states, like which uh, with uh, digital twins. But it can also help us to find new viable business models in a circular economy. So yes, very important um, element to reimagining and to redesigning, but it's by far not the only one, right? It's not that technology will um, either be um, the only thing that can enable a circular economy or sufficient enough by itself. So we need to be really intentional. And that's, I think, again, a lesson we can learn from designers and design in general to create with intention and to be re- to really ask questions in that um, important stage um, when when we conceive things. So to ask questions about what are we actually creating here? Um, how can that be done differently in a way that actually fits um, the broader system? Um, and are we doing the first, uh, the, you know, the, the right thing in the first place? You know, what we are creating, is it the right thing to address that particular need? So it's kind of another useful tool for designers to use when they're thinking about their work. Exactly, especially when it comes to um, complexity and data, but it's not the only tool, it's, it's one of them. So picking up on what you've said about data there, um, something else Anne said was that monitoring the process and measuring it is key to making sure that designers and companies are on track in their journey towards a circular economy. We can monitor. Uh, circular economy is really about monitoring everything you do beyond just the state of design. You know, how do you get extraction and material and track that material, where it comes from, how I use it. So it's gaining beyond just a scientific approach of what this material is made of, but where these materials come from and when it's going to go after my use and how it's being used. That kind of chain is a perfect way to enable companies to take basically action uh, I would like to say to, by example, uh, implement data from the, cir- uh, the circulitics, you know, that uh, Ellen MacArthur uh, is promoting. Anything, any data, any information, any learnings can actually nourish this model. But this model have to actually get access to every designers, wherever they want, and accessible in an open way. So we've heard from Anne about why it's important for businesses to go beyond recycling to embrace a circular economy. Simon, do we have any examples of successful ways circular design has been used to influence the way the economy works? That's actually one of the favourite parts to me about circular design. I really am amazed by the diversity of solutions and the diversity of, of new approaches that people find. So even just within one industry, let's say, plastics packaging, which the foundation has been engaged in for quite a while, or fashion, you find that organizations and actually the creatives find so many different ways to approach that. It's just, it's hard to pick just one. And of course, I can refer to the case study library, 
where we see many great examples of circular design. But now coming back maybe to to one industry which is particularly challenging, uh, and picking a few a few examples there. Um, in in plastics packaging, we just released a new tool called Upstream Innovation Guide, and we feature a hundred examples of circular design. And what I find incredible is that some of them clearly go beyond recycling, as you mentioned before. We we can adopt um, again like a reductionist worldview where we say we make things a bit more efficient. So we make things a bit lighter, or we make them a bit better for recycling, or we can adopt the circular economy principles. And then we come up with very different solutions. To mention one, a peel is a really interesting solution because it didn't just make the packaging a bit lighter or a bit easier to recycle, but it actually rethought like what materials we use in vegetable and fruit packaging. And that suddenly then fits into a whole new system by itself and it's regenerative. So that's one example I like. So in, with Appeal, who we actually heard from in a previous episode of the podcast, which you can go back and listen to, they completely designed out that need for plastic packaging, right? So it's, it's not even coming up with a material that you can recycle. It's taking it out of the supply chain at all. Exactly. And that's one of the strategies we can apply. So we we have a list of circular design strategies that we see people apply and new ones are are coming up. Um, uh, and, and one of them is like, yeah, to, to dematerialize to actually eliminate the need for a material in the first place and still have the same functionality or, or use. And that's, that's one, one of the ways. Um, what, when, when it comes to kind of the economy word that you mentioned before, uh, we can also look at it from a different side. And we can say, well, an economy is, is, um, is about production and consumption. It's about allocation of resources and about how we organize our society to address needs. And here, really, I found it quite amazing to to see the circular economy as an inspiration to do things systemically different. Just to mention another example here is the Balbo Group, which uh, on a quite large scale um, reorganized how they produced uh, sugar cane. And, um, and they not only did it in a regenerative way, but actually also in a, in a way that's 20% more profitable, uh, increases biodiversity. Uh, so it's, it's this larger macro scale where you can really see that the production and the consumption side changes. And many organizations together, all applying circular design can really lead to a systems change on the whole economy level. I think you've really touched on why the circular economy is so appealing there, because businesses still need to be profitable and make that line without impacting the world in the way that our take-make-waste economy currently is. So for the sugarcane to still be um, producing a lot of um, profit and then also increasing biodiversity, that's a win-win, right, for businesses and for the for people. Yes, and that's why I think it's so important that we see this as an innovation challenge, that we see it as a creative challenge, that we reimagine rather than just uh, try to just optimize a little bit more like what we have. I think that's why we need, you know, thousands of creative minds for this. And we have seen, like in history, we have seen that whenever, you know, humanity put its um, creative powers towards a challenge, um, we can, you know, we can achieve incredible things uh, with, with our collective minds, right? Like everybody has a different answer to, to a problem, uh, but together we, um, we have this potential. We, you know, we, we sent men to the moon. We made uses for oil like a hundred years ago. Now I think it's time to move beyond that and actually reimagine how we address the needs that we have yeah. in, a, in a way that's regenerative. And we've talked a lot today about designers and their role 
but also how it works within the system. Who are the key other people that they need to engage to get on board with circular design? I mentioned quickly before, for me, circular design is not just for designers uh, with design and shop title. For me, it's, it's about anyone involved um, in the design process. So that already is quite a broad view of like, you know, who, who should be involved in the circular design process. But even beyond that, I think it's all about collaboration and, and, and working with, you know, with all the types of departments in your organization. So let's say a company, right? You, you need to work with the finance department because it's often about new business models. So that means new financing models. That means maybe not selling things anymore, but renting that's, you know, big implications in terms of uh, CapEx and, and the whole way of how you structure your business. Um, of course, it also is about uh, working with, with marketing. It's also about uh, working with uh, the whole production um, uh, units. And it, it's um, by nature a truly collaborative endeavor. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's relevant to us all. And that's why I think we can all play an important role in the circular design journey. So if people want to find out more about circular design, where can they go? Right, right. Okay, we have a few uh, resources. Uh, one is uh, Circular Design Toolkit on the LMA Carter Foundation website. Um, we and, and that actually summarizes and points towards different tools and, and networks that you can um, get inspired by and, and find information on. Um, we also have a, a group with uh, 25,000 members on LinkedIn. There's, it's, a, it's a very open space to share and to get inspired by. Um, then uh, the Circular Design Guide helps you to combine design thinking with the circular economy principles and just you know staying in uh, in touch with the foundation about upcoming news and events uh, for example on our uh, social media channels thanks simon that's all we have time for today on this episode but if you'd like to watch the full episode check out the link in the description below to the youtube video and we'll be back next time for more if you want to hear more don't forget to like and subscribe and share this with your colleagues thanks for listening Thanks for listening to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation Circular Economy Podcast. Don't forget to share, rate and subscribe.